and I'll say, hey, we're calling this little behind you the know scenes what? moment. I changed my mind. I'm so sorry, Marshall. I want to announce it. <laughs> okay. Should I grab it? I got a little theme song for it. Or do you want to just say the huddle? <laughs> How do I say it, Marshall? The huddle. <laughs> yep, I'm going to do exactly like that. You got it. Let's hit it. No, I, when I'm saying this, should I grab a theme song for it? Yes, yes. Everything okay. has a theme song. All right, Is it going to take on. you a long time? I don't think. I have a bunch of extra ones. I'm, I just haven't picked one for that. I mean, you, we could we could fill it in later. I could just say the huddle. It's this. I got it. And I'm going to rename this the huddle. <laughs> when you hear the music, David, you say the huddle. Who wants to go first? Everybody talks for a few sentences to get present to say this is what's true for me. Uh, everybody gives their... It's a backstage. This is what we have going on before we go out. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Got it. Who wants to go first? Anybody? I'll, go, I'll go first. Okay. So you're going to say the huddle and then take a breath or two and then start doing you. Cool? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Here we go. The huddle. Well, dude, I'm maybe at, I want to say I'm a strong 65% today. I didn't sleep well. That's where I am. Me too. I had a restless night, so did Heather. I have to defend her from a perspective that, in my reality, is uh, delusional. I have a thread uh, in completion percentage about differing perspectives. It's an interesting conversation if we get there, but as you guys know, often we don't get places during completion I know, percentage. we start talking <laughs> and it'll, we run out of time. Heather? I am processing through some emotional distress and I am ready to be present for this podcast. Me too. That inspired me. Me too. That made me sit up straight. That's powerful. to shit to grit uh, what you just heard is a new segment called the huddle everybody's giving their internal weather report just a few sentences about what it's like to be us at the moment we start recording hello third friend and i know technically with heather you would be the fourth friend and with jason you'd be the fifth friend i just want to say if there are now 18 teams in the big 10 we can still call you the third friend so with that completion percentage There are two parts to completion percentage. The details, which I tell as quickly as I can, and the threads. If a detail turns into a thread, I'll start the timer. The details, quickly. In the scene I coughed were two actors, Shelley Fabre and Craig T. Nelson. I said other people last time. I think I said uh, Catherine Helmand. The question I have for you is, both of you, I have the cough on my phone. Should I play it into my mic? Yes. I want to hear it. Yes. <laughs> Hold on. What are you crazy? <laughs> yes, yes. Tell me if you can hear this. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> How fun is this? This is for illustrative purposes only. In your life, it seems to me the worst things have started. Did you hear it? I heard it. Do it again. Yes, I heard it. I want to hear it again. Everyone quiet. I want to hear this. In fact, 
in your life, it seems to me the worst things have started. Dude, that was right in the middle of her. <laughs> I did it on purpose. I thought to myself, well, I have to do it while she's talking. Holy cow. Oh, no, I would have. Uh, and she's a lovely that. lady. She seems just like so right now. She has her hair dyed pink. I think she had breast cancer. I I am a big fan of this human being. I was a different human being at that time, and I I saw life as a as more of a game. And there are some things that need to be taken seriously. The performance she's giving in that scene is quite touching. I, that's why she, I feel yeah. so ashamed. Yeah, shame, shame on those. Well, okay, movies. okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, they, I I'm doing it to myself, bro. You don't need to do it to me. I, th- I think David was I, throwing shame at the uh, producers for not redoing oh, it. Oh, keep going. Talk, <laughs> talk, talk, talk more. <laughs> yes, yeah, shame on those director, that director, showrunner, produce. We, I'd have to go cut, 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 cut. If we could just have some silence, I would have stopped and, and did it again. Oh, so you heard how loud that was. Yes. Oh, that was loud. It's loud. And it, I agree with holy, you. Holy. And you have, it, I, if you actually watch the scene, you can watch the actress get startled just a moment like are they gonna call cut but she kept going no wonder you beat yourself up over that wow it hurts me it hurts me and she seems like an elegant genteel human being and it hurts it hurts oh yeah yeah so anyway i I understand i get it that's the cough and then i heard in an earlier episode heather asked me a question about movie references for me now in the clip episode I wanted to say very clearly what pop culture references for me now have become are metaphors and analogies. They come up when I want to demonstrate my point. It's very interesting how they just pop up in my head when I want to demonstrate my point. There is a terrific psychologist, groundbreaking psychologist named Milton Erickson, and that's what he did. So I feel kind of honored to have that same sort of stream as he did. Okay, the timer has been set. So... Heather has something to say about the game Clue. I had that written down from a few weeks ago. Yeah, you mentioned always winning at board games. And yes, (laughs) Monopoly, you just dominate. Like we have a Monopoly book, but I think you could write your own. How about Mastermind? I got you on Mastermind. We're pretty equal on Mastermind as well as Clue. That's the one. I was like, I am a challenge with Clue. What (laughs) is it with monopoly and winning like why is it that you have to win what turns on in you where when you play that game you must win and dominate one my father's brother was literally a monopoly tournament referee he wore the black and white striped thing and the whistle and wow yep he did that and i saw his name in a magazine he was like well known from refereeing monopoly games two he's also the one who said to my dad I'll give you all the money. You give me all the properties. Three, I actually owned a Monopoly rug, a blue Monopoly rug. So it was a board game printed on a (laughs) nice soft rug. And I used to play with my friends. And that's four. I used to play with my friends almost every day after school. Almost every day after school. Now, do I love Monopoly anymore? No. To be honest with you, I'm kind of tired of it. It's like peanut butter and jelly. I had it every day of high school. Peanut butter and jelly, I could take it or leave it. But Monopoly holds a special place inside me because I know how to win. I know how to win at Monopoly. I don't like the feeling that comes over me when I get competitive with people I love. That's difficult. I don't know. If you've got a brother on a football team, I don't know how you go full tilt to make a tackle toward him. That would be vicious. I don't know what. I I don't know. 
I think they would probably be okay with it because they probably practiced with each other growing up. What do you say, ex-football player? I thought I saw an instance of that where it was, I don't know if it was with the Lions or another team where it had two brothers or on opposing teams that were playing that Oliver night. Oliver Ross Brown. It could have been. And and the brother was a, a defensive back. And he said, like, if he comes over, I'm going to hit him just like I hit everyone else. And I think it happened. And then the announcer said, oh, he's going to have to answer to his mother after that, <sighs> after that hit. You know, that's interesting. <laughs> why did you hit him so hard? That's why. Why did you hit your brother? Can't so you hard, just wrap you know? him up? Can't you just do the wrap up tackle? You know how it's done. But but, you know, oh, we've talked about this. You have to go. If you go half speed, you're going to get hurt. You have to go full speed. You can't lay off someone. Someone's going to get hurt if that happens. Can't yeah. you have an agreement with your brother that only with them you go half speed? I know if my brother and I played against each other, he would hit me full speed. I'm sure. I'm sure. Of really? That. I'm sure. Would yes. you hit him full speed? It, no. See no, what I, I would mean? Not hit him full. I would. I would hit him, wrap him up. Well, if he if. First of all, I think he would run over me because he was that much bigger than I was. But I would try to bring him down without hurting him. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about my sister. She had a great moment when we were playing as kids. She caught this touchdown to end a game. She jumped higher in the air than I knew even a human being could jump. And her one gloved <laughs> hand just reached out of the crowd. I can still see it as she came down and scored the touchdown. As angry and hurt as I've been about our relationship in my life, I, I would never, I mean, it's a, it's someone in a woman's body and I just have a, a feeling about that. That's different than someone in a man's body, but still in all, I could never, even if she were my brother, I let's take Wesley. I, I could never, let's say LeBron James comes up against Bronny. You think he's, he's going to follow him to, you know, push him to the ground. I don't think he would. No, no, your son. No, yeah. no. I, I come up against Wesley. I'm not, I, I might wrap him up at the legs, like a proper tackle, but I'm not taking him down. Which probably makes me not the kind of football player that Dan Campbell would want. I watched this video about Kobe in the Olympics. One of his players that was on the Lakers, who he was friends with, was playing for his home country. USA, was, they were playing against this team. The player said, Kobe said, the first play, I'm going to run through him, bury him, put him on the floor, and I'm going to get a foul, but he will know that I'm not playing against a friend. I'm playing to win. And they showed the clip, and he buried this guy. Wow. The guy fell on the floor, hit his head on the floor, and he, he got up in disbelief. Kobe never looked at him. He knew that they were in a battle, and the USA won. Speaking of that story, it is with a lot of mixed emotions about what I did to my friend. I think I either broke or dislocated David's shoulder or David's finger once in uh, yeah. in a basketball game. What happened to your finger? I don't even know if it was dislocated. It just uh, a tendon got stretched and it wouldn't go back. Oh, goodness. All right. So we'll pick up next week. Dave, you got it all down on your notepad? Yeah. Let me just uh, make a note here. This is my favorite part. <laughs> hold on he know he's writing f- you you f-ing f-ing. <laughs> wait wait hold on i'm almost there okay got it <laughs> <laughs> i imagine him writing 
testing, testing, <laughs> testing. Uh, okay. So what was that? What was that? What was that thing? And uh, uh, Jack Nicholson was typing when Shelley Long looked at his typewriter. She thought he was writing a novel, and it was just the same thing over and over again. What movie was that from, Marshall? You know, Jack Nicholson and Shelley Long. No, Shelley. Oh, The Shining. Shelley Duvall. The Shining. Shelley Duvall. Tell Shelley Duvall. He did know. I was looking forward to this being something he didn't know. No, he knows it all. He does. Okay. How does it feel to be married to a guy like that? (laughs) Who thinks he knows it all? He's the most humble person in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everyone. I'm totally joking, though. I just want to be Uh... clear on that. (laughs) Exact perfect analyze. You guys, this has been something I've been contemplating. I was going to say weighing on me. I don't know that it's been weighing me on me. I have other things weighing on me. But this is something I've been contemplating. I did the Patricia clip originally, and also when I played it again, like this. And he walks up to him in front of these guys and says, how about you stop Is that okay, Dave? Is that a way to coach? No, that's coach? no, that's that's awful. That's awful. That's the point. If you listen to what David just said, he said that's awful. Now I'm going to play it with no bleep and a half bleep, and I want to have a conversation about it because I got some feedback. The feedback was, "Well, there's not swearing in it. Why aren't you playing it so we know what he said?" Well, this mm. is what he said, and I want to talk to you about it. Are you really going to play this and people are going to hear this? Yep. First, I'm going to play you. Ugh. First, I'm going to play you the I half know. bleep. I know. I'm, you think I'm happy about it? But to the people. Are you sure this is what you want to do? Let me tell you, Heather has a segment that I borrowed last week called Intentional Grounding. And this is why I'm sure this is what I want to do. I remember somebody a day after the Challenger disaster said to me, what was the last thing that went through Krista McAuliffe's mind? before the Challenger disaster, a control panel. And I thought to myself, that is a very insensitive remark. I do not like giving insensitive remarks the time of day. However, this will make for one hell of a conversation if we play it out loud, because I want to explain exactly why I bleeped this filth. Are you guys ready? It's just interesting we didn't have a conversation about this prior. You're just going to play. Okay, go. Go for it. Well, Tell me what you'd like to talk about. Go. This is a conversation. I just don't think anyone needs to hear it. I just think it's kind of gross and uh, it dirties up the podcast. We 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 bleep lots of things. You know, we have an intentional grounding where to clear things up. And then we're going to play this. Ugh. Well, I hear you. And I want to comment on the idea that just like this situation I'm going through in real life, Somebody said something in the case of life that I took to be quite aggressive, quite aggressive. In this case, somebody said something vulgar and offensive. Mm -hmm. And the question is, if they said it, isn't it simply the truth to play it? Do you, how do I say this? (laughs) This, This may never air. Do you think the act of that is vulgar? The act. 
itself. If you take the comment out of it, do you think the act is vulgar? Is that for both of us or for Heather or for me? Uh, I'm saying to you. The, you're saying the act itself that he's describing in his quote, correct? Do you find that vulgar? No, and that's why it bothers me so much. It is a situation where, as a survivor of sexual trauma, I have enough issues with people doing that to me of my own because of what happened to me, because of what happened to my nervous system. I don't want someone using that in a vulgar way. And I think Heather has something to say about that, too. Go ahead, Heather. Okay, so I have to back up because I, I have a comment about the bleeping, the playing. <laughs> the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. Come back to this part. Go ahead. I will. I will. So all the way back at the beginning, I was curious why you bleeped out the entirety of it. I don't feel like we need to play the entirely unbleeped version. If you could play just a half bleeping of it, people will get the hint. They will fill in the blank. Well, I have a half bleep. Would you like to hear the half bleep? In a minute. Yes. I think that's more appropriate. I agree with, with David about dirtying up the podcast in a way because it's it is a violent offensive comment to make towards someone it's um it's on the verge of homophobic it's it's that direction with it yep no i do not feel that the act itself is vulgar i do feel that using that act itself as a diss as a way to put another human being down is a violent offense yes yes yeah that's my thought. She said it better than I did. I was trying to make a point, but she did a better job at it. <laughs> my issue with it is that he is saying to someone, I'm going to insult you by implying that you're homosexual, and that's going to motivate you in some way. I think what he's saying is, don't rest on your laurels. If someone communicates in that way, what they're saying is, I'm going to motivate you by comparing you or implying that you are a homosexual. And there's nothing wrong at all with being a homosexual. It's, nothing, yeah, there's nothing wrong. It's just what and, someone is. And on top yes. of that, on top of that, whether he was implying homosexuality or not, this man, from what I understood what you were sharing, this this uh, athlete was praising other athletes. He was He was admiring other athletes. That's correct. And can I say something? This demonstrates that Matt Patricia was an incompetent coach. Oh, yes. Who rose to his own incompetence and, and it, he was exposed and he felt exposed and was just lashing out. He was a terrible coach. He did land yeah. in Philadelphia, where unfortunately for Darius Slay, they are reunited. Oh. No, they are. Re- no, they're not. It's one of the things that I would love to be able to get Darius Slay on this podcast and talk to him about. Let's get that guy. I'll reach out to him. We should get him. Go ahead, Heather. So I was just going to circle back around to the podcast and how we present it to the third friend. You know, we have this fully bleeped out that they are like, I don't really know what they're talking about. So they can't really get into the emotional aspect that we're talking about. And then you have, I want to hear this halfway bleeped okay so that they get another hint here it is i think that's fair and you there is a high likelihood that you will know what in general what's being said by this one word that i didn't bleep here we go this is heather's recommended way and he walks up to him in front of these guys and says how about you stop sucking yeah yeah what do you say david 
Yeah, I agree. You're saying play it like that. Yeah, play it like that. That's all you need is that one extra word. So the last thing I want to say is that a sexual act is no way to insult somebody. In addition, no. sexual acts are people exploring pleasure, exploring love. There's nothing wrong with a sexual act. That is mixed up on so many levels, I can't even count them. And you're right what you said, David, about a guy who was promoted a level above his competency and he's far above his competency as a person who deals directly with other human beings. It's well said. I don't want to step on your point because you, you did an excellent job as usual making it. But he seemed to me, and I'm no therapist, he seemed to me uh, like he was frustrated and he didn't know what to do. And he's just lashing out like a child, saying and calling people names. He never seemed to be enjoying what he was doing. Mm-hmm. The coach now seems to enjoy, of course, you know, winning will make you feel that way. But even when he wasn't, he seemed 100% behind his players and he saw the potential. Where Patricia was just like, he seemed like he didn't have a clue what was going on or how to fix it. My impression of him was that he was trying to break people. He would take veterans and put rookies in their place even if the veterans were playing well, just to humiliate them. It felt odd. Will you explain to me the New England, you know, who the real genius was in that in that organization? It's clear, right? It's Tom Brady, the end. Yeah, the end. When he left, everything broke down, didn't it? Correct. Who's Bill Belichick without Tom Brady? He's Bud Abbott without Lou Costello. <laughs> what do you got? You got a straight man. You, got a straight, you just got a straight man who cuts off. He's a dour human being. Go ahead. Who what? Who, who cuts off the sleeves of his sweatshirts and that's it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm no Tom Brady fan. I'm not either. Because of what he did. He cheated. He cheated with that inflating the ball thing. Why would somebody that good cheat? That's ridiculous to get another angle. And you know what? I take it back. Bill Belichick. I mean, his team's won, you know, so I, he's probably called a really Smart plays, made decisions, but uh, I just, I'm not a fan of his either. I will say this, you guys. How does a guy like Matt Patricia keep getting work when other guys who are decent, dignified human beings don't get these jobs? What the heck is going on? I have no idea. Where's the MacGuffin? Heather had to go to a meeting last week, and she didn't get to comment on this. So I'm going to play the clip she asked me to play for her. And then, Heather, I'd like you to take over. First game of the season, Okuda blows his assignment, or or apparently blows his assignment. I see Aubrey Pleasant in that guy's face, pointing his finger in his face. This actually falls in kind of similarly to what we were just talking about in exact perfect analyze too because we were talking about Matt Patricia and me wanting to comment on David saying things about well that's just how they coach you know they grab you by your face mask and that's how you're taught to be coached then you just you do that Okuda got injured in that game after Aubrey Pleasant berated him on national TV a very serious injury an injury that some athletes never come back from right 
And I just feel like it's not a coincidence that Okuda got hurt that game. He was doing well. Yeah, he made a slight mistake, but his coach yelled at him in his face, his finger in his face. It was ugly. And then he got injured later in the game. I wonder if these players now are younger and the co- and the coaches are younger. And I'm wondering if that sort of a style is gone because many kids now are brought up with a different style of coaching. Everyone plays, everyone gets a chance. When I was a kid, I never got to play on my baseball team. I brought, I, I joined the team with my brother and I, I wasn't a very good baseball player and they made me turn my Jersey inside out. So I wouldn't get confused with the other players. So a coach wouldn't make a mistake and call on me. Wow. I practiced every day, but I never got to play because I wasn't that good, you know? And now these are younger kids being brought up in a different system. No one's grabbing your face mask and tugging it from right to left trying to get you to make a play, you know, mm-hmm. that way it's probably gone now, you know? Well, I know from personal experience, this is not football, but you're a graphic designer, David. Heather tried to help me out with some cropping. She managed a photo studio long ago. So she cropped it and I walked up and I said, can you do it like this? And she was hurt. I realized that I had to tell her what I liked about what she had done And then what I want to change, and to be truthful, it applies to everywhere in my life. It seems like people are able to accept stuff that they perceive as critical more easily if they hear appreciation first. And I don't do it for manipulative purposes, but I do recognize that people hear my message more easily. So I find things I truly appreciate and I order my conversations in that in that manner out of respect for other people. It's happening in business too because when I create something and it goes through the process of being uh, looked at by the account team, creative directors, etc. Even from a client, they'll start off by saying, thank you so much for this creative. I love the way you did this, 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 this. Sometimes... I'm just waiting for the... You're waiting for the butt. I'm waiting for the butt, yes. I understand. I'm saying that to say this. It's happening everywhere, even in business. Well, another interesting aspect, because this is all a coaching conversation, a long coaching conversation. This is our third episode. There's another way of being coached. Heather did not trust the voices that she heard in her life in terms of coaching. And so I remember saying to her, I love backgammon. You heard me on another episode saying I hustled backgammon for money. (laughs) Yes. So I thought, well, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to easily dominate, but teach her the game. And Oh, no. Tell me everything. (laughs) I dominated, David. I dominated. Oh, you did dominate. I dominated. Oh, yeah. And she lost. Over and over and over. She said, let's go again. And I dominated. And she lost. I didn't think it was going this way. She said, let's go again. And I dominated and she (laughs) lost. And she said, let's go again. Were you telling Heather what you were doing, your moves? Did you explain to her what you were doing that? No, David, I didn't. She specifically said, don't 
tell me anything. I would try to tell her, <laughs> well, this is why I move six and one like this. This is why oh, I move four and two. She, she did not want it. She did not want my coaching. No, she said no to it. And then I would just learn from your moves. And over the period of, let's say, a week, she picked up enough tips and enough tricks that she was able at least two straight games to beat me. How did you feel when you got beat? I now wanted to play more. I'm like, oh, great. I have a competitor. She didn't want to play anymore. She just, (laughs) yep. She just liked upping her game to the point where she could beat me. My mom and dad met in college. My dad was a star athlete playing football and baseball. And he took her out on a date. And she said they went to an area where they had like um, ping pong table tennis. And they played together. And my dad was very competitive. And she beat him multiple times playing ping pong. And he walked out on the date. (laughs) He walked out. He was so mad that he left her there and went home. Oh my That's how bad he got. That's funny. And then she she brought my dad in to tell me the story. He goes, yeah, that was it. I was mad. I was angry. I, I always win. Heather, David may remember this story. I was engaged to this woman who challenged me to a game of basketball. And she then beat me 10 to nothing. Wow. Little did I know that she was potentially going to get a scholarship to college. <laughs> she was a fabulous. It was not the first time that a person in a woman's body had beaten me senseless. I once was in Denver and we picked teams and I was up against a, a young woman and I was a young man. And I'm like, well, I'm not a good basketball player, but I understand the game. They might as well have nicknamed me Voight because I had it imprinted on my forehead. <laughs> she rejected shot after shot. She blocked me out. I remember her blocking me out. After the game, I found out she was the starting center for UCLA. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Makes me want to challenge you to basketball. Oh, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Tell Heather what happened when I played her. What did happen? Remind me, because I do remember it. I beat her, barely, but uh, she got a bloody nose while (gasps) while, uh, doing it. How'd that happen? Well, you know, it's my ball. If you're going to come at me, you're going to get hurt. You know, like this is a physical game. (laughs) And she played through the bloody nose. Wow. You ran, I remember you ran and go, are you okay? And I said, oh, I'm sorry, are you all right? She goes, yeah, yeah. She just wiped wiped it on her sleeve and continued to play. She lost, but she got the bloody nose. <laughs> Memento hypothesis. I do remember the owner saying, here's someone who's dressed for the weather. What he meant by that was they walked in wearing ski masks and it was cold out, but they had ski masks on. So the owner goes, oh, look at these two guys. He says out loud, here's two guys that are dressed for the weather. Okay, before I even move on with this conversation, I want to check in with you, David. Are, Are you okay talking about this further? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when I heard that, my jaw dropped. I was like, wow. Is that something like, was that owner that uh, like friendly and um, 
like full of like commentary on a regular basis? Was that something normal to him? Yeah, he would say things like that. He was friends with everyone. So the just the the mere silence made you go, hmm, what's going on? Because you're used to all of these noises, him talking, the bell. Uh, yeah, the bell, the him talking. The radio. The radio, the lids of the uh, the aquariums being lifted and shut. Mm-hmm. So I would hear all of those. I would hear footsteps. I heard not. It was just no crowd noise. And it's... I could hear the radio. And it wasn't jazz music. It was like top 40 music. I remember that later on. See all of these details. It's so interesting because a lot of trauma will happen to people with like loud noises or, you know, like something like that. But this intense moment happened for you from silence. Yeah. Okay, so this is an interesting question. I'm not saying you'll remember it. There's no pressure to remember it. Okay, good. It was so long ago. <laughs> you hear that sound. You have a heightened feeling in your nervous system. Do you remember what song was playing? I do uh... I don't. Okay. I don't. If it pops up, will you let us know? <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. I'll thought if I ever remember. But yeah, for sure. I'll let you know. So when you came back to work the next day after that happened, were you tense being there? It wasn't the the next day because it was New Year's Eve. You know, so it was like we had the next day off, the next couple of days off. What was it like coming into the store? It was weird because every time I'd hear that bell, the door, there was bells on the door. Every time I would hear it open, I, I, my head, I would always, you know, sort of look really quickly back at the door. Mm. Well, I just wanted to wrap up by uh, thanking David for being willing to go back into this multiple times. It's nice to get, you know, get rid of it sometimes, you know, just like, hey, this thing happened to me. You want to hear about it. You know, it's nice to get it off my chest. Yeah. Yeah. Just one more question. I always say, okay, coming out of the breaks. It's a habit I'm trying to break. What's actually going on is give the music a little bit more time to fade. But I want to talk. I'm so excited to talk. The first one is this one. What is it about my stories that makes you want to steal them? And which ones have you stolen? So here's what you don't know that I was, was never going to tell you. Why were you never going to tell me? You just wanted to see me squirm in discomfort for the rest of your life? I didn't know that you really hate... Now, I'm, I'm putting uh... words in your mouth. You may not have said... I didn't know that you re- it really bothered you until you told it me did. that it really bothered you. And I didn't want to really bother you. What I really was saying is like, what a great story. I wish it were mine. Uh, I think you're good at finding the little cool moments in movies or situations. You say things in a really elegant way, and I wish I could. I dream about saying those things, but I never do. What's funny for me is that often, often, I will have you say, a friend of mine told me this, blah, 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 and I'm like, Dave, it was me. No, 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 it wasn't you. Yeah, that's a joke. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it wasn't you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know it was funny. you. I have very few people, very few friends who have those same insights that you have. 
Now watch this one. You want it to be done a certain way, and when it's done your way, you're happy. So are you saying to me that if you did it a way that was different than the way I did it, that I would be unhappy? Let's try it again. Do it again. Start it from the top. That one? That one. I just did what you said. I just did what you said. Start it again. I did what you said. Yeah, you did what... Wait, wait. Tap it as if that's the sound of the Frisbee football hitting the ground. And then show us how long you waited to say, Fredo, you broke my heart. You always want me to do these act outs. I'm not an actor. Or, I want to know. How, okay, maybe I'm, you, you could do it with monotone. Hughes. You love to make me dance. Okay, so I'll do the oh, no, no. Oh, no, no, I'll, I got to do it again. I want to. No, hear, I will not do it. I you will are not telling dance. the story. I want you to dis- demonstrate. Oh. You're such a director. I want to hear how long it was. Hughes, okay. I want to know how long it was. That's my question. You, but you want me to act it out. Here's what I This want. is going to fall short. We've already talked about it way too long. I want to know the timing. <laughs> you just asked me to do it again. This one, that one. I did it again. Listen to this. Yeah. Do you think I have a right to ask you about timing? Because I say I do. <laughs> oh, oh that, 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 your timing was perfect. Did you hear yourself? <laughs> your timing was perfect. Did you hear it? Yes, I heard so it. So I'm not done. Oh, I can handle this. Wow. Perfect timing. How did you know that you could laugh uproariously? Explain timing. that to people. Timing. Oh! You know the most important thing about comedy? Timing. You're the one who told the joke. I wanted to know what your timing was. You fought me every step of the way. You fought me. Listen, bro. I just thought we, I, I had nailed it the first time. And now we were nailing it I wasn't trying time, to redo it. To I it. wanted to know the timing. It was instantly. I did it instantly. But what is the instantly? Ball okay, here's instant. Now you do it. The ball dropped. And I, I didn't my heart. Did you really do it instantly? <laughs> instantly? <laughs> it went. The ball dropped. That's how you broke my heart. <laughs> Let me do it. <laughs> Let me do it. I dropped the ball. <laughs> that's awful timing. That's uh, awful Well, that's timing. what I wanted to know the timing, but you fought me. Go ahead. You do the time. Show me the time. And then I said to you. Oh, my stomach. Oh, my stomach. <laughs> none, of this is, none of this is usable. It's all usable. It's all going to get used. I, oh, I'm crying. I said I'm to crying. you, show me the timing. <laughs> well, this happened. And then I said this. And then, I, well, that's not timing. You have to actually, act, you have to, I'm sorry to say, act it out. Because yes. I need to know the timing. You need to You need to know. I think our audience understood exactly what I was. He. No, you think they're on your side. I say they're on my side. They're on my side. My side. He threw the frisbee. My side, my side. <laughs> right in the bread basket. <laughs> he went to grab it, fumbled it, it fell to the ground, and I yelled, Fredo, you broke my heart. But when you say, and I yelled, and fell to the ground? It fell to the ground. It has to be, show me how it would be had it been recorded. I think all of our listeners. Yes, go on. I think all of our listeners. 
What if I had had to take a sip? <laughs> I think all, all of our all of our listeners listeners. Hey, quality uh, podcast should... or a sip of my cocktail? <laughs> Hang on, folks. <laughs> oh, and then there was this one. <laughs> right, right. I acted it out like you like. Do it again. <laughs> you demonstrated you didn't fight me. Yeah, I'm learning. Can you do it like I... that? Is it is it giving up you to ask you to communicate with me in that way? Yes. So when did that? Was that our last podcast? Did, what what came first? Uh, that's meaning like uh, that one was that prior to? Oh, David, you are. That was the last one. Yes. Yes. You're blowing me away. You actually incorporated my request. Yes. David, thank you so much. I'm really touched. (laughs) You're a good showrunner. Wow. You blow me away, bro. Thank you so much. I'm moved. I am moved. Okay. I have no more questions. Do you? I don't have any. I'm 100% complete. I love that. I am complete about that one. As you've heard, I'm the kind of guy who tends to keep a lot inside. But now that we have shit to grit, stuff I've been wanting to talk about for a long time is tumbling out of my mouth. That could happen to you too. Just start a podcast with Riverside.fm. Riverside.fm lets you do high quality podcasts right over the phone, complete with a live media board that can play music like we do. Start saying what you've been wanting to say today with Riverside.fm. Okay, let's get back to shit to grit. The most anticipated Detroit Lions season in anybody's memory is about to kick off. And our new friend, Jason Wendell, medical intuitive, professional football prognosticator, and psychic, is about to predict the future. Now, Jason will pick every game every weekend. All the other picks will be on the Shit to Grit YouTube channel. His Lions game prediction, like you're hearing right now, will be right here every week on the Shit to Grit podcast. Picks are for entertainment purposes only. Shit to Grit and its participants expressly take no responsibility for any actions taken with our predictions. Jason, are you ready? I'm ready. The Detroit Lions at the Kansas City Chiefs. Kickoff from Arrowhead Stadium is at 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC. Don't forget NBC. They don't usually have Lions games. Kansas City is favored by almost a touchdown, six and a half points. And since this game features last year's leader in passing yards, Patrick Mahomes, over 5,000 yards, and our Jared Goff, who threw for the sixth most yards last year, almost 4,500, a shootout is expected as evidenced by the over-under, which is at 54. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you taste? What do you smell? Jason, what signals are you getting? All right. Filtering through this. First game of the season, 
I'm getting... Oh. So I lived in Kansas City for a few months. And I'm getting the color red. That can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it. I'm tasting a lion's defeat in week one. Mm, mm, mm. Let me ask you this. Sure. Is it going to be close? Yes. Okay. Here's what I will say. I do sense a very close game. You mentioned the point spreads. Six and a half point game, 54 point total. Um, I see 32-24 Kansas City. So that's 56 points. So the over looks good, but so does the Kansas City cover. However, that's very close. And from a football knowledge standpoint, you're going to be very disappointed at the end of the first half. But as we've seen from this Lions team, this is a team that doesn't give up. It's going to be a difficult start. They will come back and they will make this a very close, very interesting game in the end. Okay. If the Lions lose by eight points, can you live with that, David? If they play a hard-fought, tight game and they lose by eight, can you live with it? You have to then go through Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Can you live with it? I I, I don't know. But I, my, my, I think that I can live with it. Okay. Remember, you're going to get all of Jason Wendell's Shit to Grit picks on our YouTube channel. David, what's the promo code for uh, Riverside.fm? The promo code is LIONS, L-I-O-N-S. And how much will they save, David? They'll save 15%. And David, just one more question. For the final time, and I don't have to ask Jason and Heather this because I know they will. For the final time, before the season begins, when this game kicks off, will you be watching? You want... I have to give you my honest answer. Yes, I'll be watching. He will be watching. So we'll be able to find out what it was like for David to come back into the lion's fold next week. David. Yes, sir. I want to say one thing to you, sir. These first couple games may be very rough. Don't give up after one or two games. The season will turn out in our favor. Wait a second. Now... Now it's one or two games? Like, this could be more than, oh, my God. Now my back's <laughs> against the wall. Why did no, I make no, this? No, no, you're okay. You're okay. Uh, I'm not going to go into a prediction for week two already. However, just know that this Lions team starts out slow. They're a second-half team, so a couple weeks, it may be very tough in the beginning of the games. However, they fight till the very last second which past Lions teams did not. So, David, that pain you saw me endure when they were 1-6, and six, what Jason's saying is you may have to endure 0-2, oh maybe even 0-3. Oh Can you handle it? What have I done? Like, well, I've, I've backed myself up into a corner. <laughs> How do I get out of this? I have to, like, call, like, bite my own leg off to get out of this. Put some fertilizer <laughs> on your lawn. So it's I love your commentary. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm, you know what? I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this team. You know, I owe it to them. Okay. Jason, thank you for that insight, too. Mm. Absolutely. 
That's it. See you next week on behalf of Jason, David, and Heather, and myself. Thanks for tuning in to Shit to Grit. Bye. Ah. Open up your mind. Open up your mind. Shit to Grit is produced by David and Marshall and edited by Marshall. Thank you to Pixabay artists Amoxi, Miyagi Sama, 246-31838, Top Secret Music Network, and Music Town. All other music is composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.